0: Here we are at the second week of Easter, and our two scripture readings—they—they they take on such different um, nuances, don't they? Given the self-quarantine we're in, in both the Old Testament passage with Noah, and now in the Gospel of John with the disciples, we both see scenes where people are held up. They're—they're they're in waiting. They're—they're they're in shut-up places, waiting for something to happen. For Noah, it's waiting for the—the the, the floods to subside and for the disciples it's really they're not sure what they're just held up and shut out today we've come through Easter morning we know that Christ has risen from the dead and yet we're still shut up we're still waiting inside and and wondering when the sign will come when will the dove return showing us the olive branch that we can leave our homes in our captivity well I know that for some of you maybe for many um, this can be a little bit of a, uh, a letdown. We, we all thought it was a wonderful Lent, right, to be uh, practicing so- social distancing and isolation, but come on now, Easter's over, and here we are. We're still waiting, we're still shut up. Well, I believe the Lord has a word for us this morning from his gospel, and I want to share that word with you this morning if I can. The word peace was very common. Uh, it was a very common greeting in the ancient world, have to say peace be with you, uh, shalom, um, there are versions of that, um, uh, shalom in, in the um, Islamic language. Peace was a very common expression for people. But when Jesus shared it with the disciples, he meant something far greater than just have a good day or how are you today or I hope your day is going well. He was intending it to be the peace of shalom, the, the peace of God Jesus has talked twice before in the Gospel of John about this word peace. Back in chapter 14 and verse 27, Jesus talks about um, my peace I give to you. He says, not as the world gives do I give. So it's this this peace that Jesus wants to give us that is different from the world's peace. Very different from the world's peace. Now, this week I heard a speaker and and he was... um, Bishop Todd Hunter, and he was, he was talking about this idea of peace and how oftentimes, and it really convicted me, and I want to share it with you. He said oftentimes, even as believers in Jesus, we can attempt to bring about our own peace in our own way. And I wonder about how you are trying to uh, bring about peace in your life during this time. Maybe it's by staying busy and trying to stay so busy that you can avoid thinking about how horrible it is to be in our situation. Maybe it's the, the piece of escape. Maybe you're binge-watching Netflix or YouTube videos or cute cat memes or whatever it is. Maybe you're doing something that is just absorbing your life. You're just obsessing on, on some sort of an escapism that allows you to uh, survive this or get through it in some way maybe you're sleeping lots more than you did or, or who knows what but you're finding your own ways maybe you're just consuming as much information about the coronavirus as you possibly can either through popular media through the television or perhaps through your own research on the internet and i know there's those types of folks in our Our congregation so maybe you're just obsessing on getting as much information and you want to you want to have control if you can learn more about this virus then you can have control over it and i believe bishop todd hunter was right when he said that we're all trying to find ways to control the situation and give ourselves peace whether through busyness whether through escape or whether it's just consuming information these are not the peace that jesus wants to bring Christ has a deeper peace for us, he has a deeper peace for each of you. Jesus also talks about peace in chapter 16, verses 33. This is a, a verse that I love to, I love to share, um, I, oftentimes I'll fill at the Eucharist that I'm supposed to share it. Um, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world and all that is in it. It just seems so appropriate. As we try to be the church, as we try to bring the gospel of Christ into a dark and hurting world, it seems appropriate oftentimes. But the, wor- the verse I want to draw your attention to today is actually the verse right before that. It's verse 32 of chapter 16, where Jesus says, My peace I give to you. Um, I think that's what he says. Hold on, let me put my glasses on. So, Sorry, Jose, I can't do this without my glasses. Um In me, Jesus says, you will have peace. That's what I was trying to say. In me, you will have peace. Before he had said, not as the world gives peace do I give you, but but I give you my peace. But now he says, in me, you will have peace. So the peace that Jesus wants to bring us is the peace that only he can give. It is something he puts in us. Christ has spoken these times to the disciples about peace. Now here in chapter twenty. He's going to give them an experience of that peace. And this is what the whole thing is with Jesus breathing on them to receive the Holy Spirit. This is what he, when he speaks that peace, he is is about to give them an experience of knowing the Spirit's presence, which brings peace that passes all understanding, as Paul will say in Philippians. This peace that Jesus brings is rooted in the risen Christ, in the evidence that Jesus, in fact, Yes, he was crucified and he was died, has died, but now he has risen from the dead. And that is why the disciples are invited to see the scars in his hands and his feet and the side where he was pierced. Jesus, though he is resurrected, though his body has been glorified, Jesus is still um, has the same body. It, it's just a glorified version of the body and it retains the scars of, of his, his crucifixion. Because they, it, it's an assurance to the disciples that this, in fact, is Jesus. This is not an aberration. They're not having a group hallucination. This is the Christ who was crucified and is now risen. And so when they see those scars, they are, they are overwhelmed. Now, there's a famous painting, you may have seen it about Doubting Thomas, where Thomas is actually speaking, sticking his finger, very much like a middle school boy, into the, into the wound. Um, I don't know, the scripture actually doesn't say that even Thomas actually puts his finger there, but they have the opportunity to see these scars, and they, they know that it's the real Jesus, and they are overjoyed with the knowledge, just as we all are, that there is hope beyond death, that Christ has come back from the dead, and because of that, we too can have hope for life after death. The second thing I want you to see is that the peace comes for a mission, it's for a purpose. The Lord has a purpose for our lives. Jesus says to the disciples, as the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. Now that's pretty darn powerful if you think about it. Over and over again, throughout the Gospels, Jesus is constantly telling the, the, his disciples that, that the Father has sent him, that he must be about the Father's work, that, that he is on a mission with the Father and and he is is... Completely obedient under that mission. And now Christ says, as the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. Pretty, pretty powerful, like I said. Now I know it's, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of a cruel joke for me to be talking about being sent when you're all stuck at home. Um, but perhaps we're stuck at home for a purpose that we might be prepared just as the disciples were to be sent out I've heard somebody say recently that it's almost as if the world needed a reboot that we needed a a a stop a hard stop to sort of catch our attention and if we're honest there's a lot of our activity a lot of our going that was in fact as believers not sentness we weren't being sent by the father we were just busy going everywhere to the point of sheer exhaustion I was with uh, Jody yesterday, and we were celebrating her birthday, sort of uh, social distancing style, and I found it so exhausting, all the interaction with people during the day. And uh, it's just because it's just life is exhausting. And oftentimes uh, I find that it's it's helpful just to have that reboot, that Sabbath. It's the way the Lord intended always to be. I commend to you that perhaps God is in the midst of this, giving the, the world a reboot, giving our, our environment the reboot, giving uh, us the reboot. I mean, we, we, are, we have opportunity to, to learn what the Lord wants to learn, that we would, when he releases us, we'd be able to go forth and do his mission. It's what Christ said. The world needs to know that Christ has been sent from the Father, that Jesus is the Son of God. The, the greatest sin I've read recently by my... Um, theological theological professor, Rod Whitaker, the greatest sin is the rejection of Jesus. And we, we are privileged to tell people that they can be at peace with Christ. That is the work that we've been sent to do. We get to confront the world with a risen Christ, whether they believe it or not. The belief is between them and the Lord, but the opportunity to share that knowledge that Christ has risen from the dead that he is the risen Lord is in our power. Well, thirdly, the peace is not simply ours. It's easy to get overwhelmed with that thought that we're being sent as Jesus was sent. But Jesus doesn't send us alone. He sends us in the power of his Holy Spirit, which, of course, I've already alluded to earlier. Jesus commissions the disciples, and through them, he commissions each of us to go forth with his peace, to do his work. But we are only valid in our work. We can only be truly his church when we are sanctified by him, by his Holy Spirit. Now the word sanctified is simply uh, from the Greek, uh, the Latin word sanctus, which means holy. It's, it's the, the spirit who sets us apart to do this work. And when, we, when Jesus says, peace be with you, and, and then he, s- he breathes on them, he says, receive the Holy Spirit, that, that is the same word that if you look in the Greek Old Testament, that is the same word that is used to describe when God, in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, breathes into the man and the woman and they become living beings. Jesus is now breathing on us the very Zoe life, the very life of God into us. So that we're not only simply just living human creations, but we are, we are actually receiving the Spirit of God who dwells in us. We talk about receiving Jesus into our hearts. Jesus himself doesn't come and live in our heart. Um, that'd be like miniature Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that comes to live with our hearts. And our hearts, not just that organ that pump, pump, pumps blood, but rather the inner being, the very essence of who we are, the inner in ourselves and the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, comes to be a part of us, to sanctify us. From the outside in, to bring us peace and to equip us for the mission that Jesus wants to give us. Yes, here in John 20, Jesus is creating new creations, as Paul talks about. We become new creations in Christ Jesus, as the Zoe life of God comes into us. Pretty powerful. Now, normally when I preach this passage, although it's Sunday after Easter, so a lot of times I'll take it off, but here I am, and here you are, and so oftentimes I'll preach the Doubting Thomas part of this passage, but I felt really led to, to preach the first part today, but I, and I want you to notice that eight days later when Thomas shows up, where are the disciples? They're still shut up. They're, they're just like us. They're still locked away, waiting for something. Still fearful. And Jesus comes to them. And even after that, if you go into chapter 21 of John, you find out that the disciples finally get out and like all those maniacs at Jacksonville Beach, they, we, they ran to the sea and they were out fishing. They weren't fishing for men and women. They were fishing for fish. And Jesus comes to them again. Be comforted by this. The Lord is so patient with us. He understands that that there's a way we've learned to be human beings and to learn to be uh, his disciples, to learn to be those who are led by his spirit and in his peace and doing his work takes a while. And so Jesus is patient. That's why he keeps coming back to them and again and again to tell them. And for those that might be most resistant to the work of the spirit in your life, even resistant to the gospel, you're just well too too intelligent to to buy all this supernatural stuff I just remind you that Thomas the most resistant is the one who proclaims that Christ is Lord and worships him he's the first of the disciples to worship in the upper room so resist if you will but in the end the Lord has a way of breaking through our intellectual obstacles and barriers ultimately we 21st century disciples don't get to see jesus raised from the dead with his scars we we have to believe by faith and that may seem hard but i i think take jesus rebuke of thomas to heart because jesus isn't really thrilled with thomas because it's not until he actually saw him that he could believe he wouldn't take the word of his fellow disciples and jesus gives a blessing he says blessed are those who believe even though they have not seen and Of course first Peter is uh, 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 another uh, reading of that and Peter is reflecting back on Jesus's words that blessed are you that even though you haven't seen you believe ultimately no matter what evidence we have we have to come to a place where we put our trust our whole trust on the person of Christ every week I begin my sermon if you listen with come Holy Spirit fill the hearts and minds of your faithful people I do that because I have no expectation that I have anything in and of myself to share with you unless the Spirit of God indwells me and speaks God's Word into your life. So I want to pray that right now, I want to pray over you out there in online world that the Lord would would come to you, that He would breathe His Holy Spirit on you, that you would believe that you would have life in His name. And that you would know his peace. So come, Holy Spirit. Fall on your disciples right now, wherever they are. Fill them with your joy. Come, Holy Spirit. Grant them your peace. Come, Holy Spirit. Empower them for the work that you are preparing them to do. Lord, we wait. But we wait on you. In Jesus' name, amen.